The one and only Brian Baldinger of Baldy's Breakdowns joins me on today's Locked on Giants podcast to talk New York Giants coming up next. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, everybody. This is Patricia Trainer, and welcome to a new edition of the Locked on Giants podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast family, your team every day. Happy to have you with us here on this Wednesday. And as promised, I have a special guest that I was working on getting last week, and that special guest is the one and only Brian Baldinger, NFL Network Analyst. He of Baldy's Breakdowns took some time to uh, talk about the New York Giants with me, also told us about his new Coach Tube initiative that he's running, and uh, you'll hear about that towards the end of the interview. So without any further ado, I'm going to play that interview that I had with Brian Baldinger. Now, this was taped last Friday. So uh, he mentioned some of the things coming up against Denver and whatnot. So just a heads up when you listen to it, that the interview was taped last Friday. I hope you enjoy it. Joining me now is the one and only Brian Baldinger. He of Baldy's Breakdowns. Delighted to have him on here. He's going to talk a little bit about the Giants, and then he's going to tell us about a new coaching tube program that he has launched. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. My pleasure, Patricia. Good to talk football with you as always. Thank you. My pleasure to have you on. And Brian, we've got to start with the Giants offensive line. It's been creating so much angst amongst Giants fans and media and just anybody watching this team. You know, at the start of the, uh, the of training camp, general manager Dave Gettleman said, look, we got to let the kids play. We got to let them develop. Now comes word that they might be looking to put Nate Solder at right tackle. They may have to put this this newcomer Bren, Ben Bredesen, Bredesen, excuse me, who they acquired via trade because Shane Lemieux may or may not be ready to go. Yeah, I mean, what's going on with this offensive line? Is this is this usual? Is this alarming at this point? They need bodies. I mean, they've had two guys retire on them that they had counted on. You know, uh, Fulton came in and they were counting on him and. You know, Joe Looney came in. They were counting on him, you know, for depth. The right tackle position seems like it's up for grabs. Nate Solder has been in there. Um, you know, last year's, uh, you know, pick, for, you know, was in there for a little while. So, <clears throat> Matt Parrott, um, I don't know that anybody locked it down. Andrew Thomas certainly has had his issues. You watch him against the Jets. You watch him against the Patriots. They actually looked a little bit better against the Patriots and they did the Jets, but it wasn't really a sparkling performance um, in either game, to be honest with you. I thought, you know, I, I just got done, Patricia, watching, really studying the Cowboys and the Bucks game. And then I, I, I turned the Giants preseason on, I watched 50 snaps of the starting offense. And just, you know, I know it's preseason versus regular season, but watching the Cowboys two tackles last night, okay, Lyle Collins and Tyron Smith, and watching the Bucks two offensive tackles in Tristan Wurst and Donovan Smith play, and then watching a combination of Parrott and Solder and Andrew Thomas play, 
you can't believe that they're in the same league. To be honest with you. I mean, they just the Cowboys and Bucks tackles played big time last night. Big time. I mean, they the the quarterbacks got protected. They played against a lot of different looks, a lot of different blitz schemes, and they were up to the task. And then you go to the preseason, you watch, and you're like, you see a lot of the same mistakes that you made that they made a year ago. And they looked real loose as a group against the Jets. I thought they played tighter, meaning, you know, they stayed on their double team blocks longer before they got to the second level, those kind of things. But your tackles have to win, Patricia. They have to win in this league. They pay pass rushers a lot of money to get to the edge and get to the quarterback. And your tackles have got to be able to handle those guys without a lot of help. Sometimes you got to chip and sometimes you – you do some certain things, but by and large, this is a passing lead. Your tackles have to hold up on the edge, and I think they're struggling to do that. Now, I'm kind of curious. Now, before uh, actually we started this, an article came out saying that Andrew Thomas was actually sick for the New England Patriots game. He wasn't feeling well, needed IV and stuff like that. That said, Andrew, um, after the game, said, look, you know, I'm still – I've got to become more consistent with my hand placement, with my footwork. You know, he wasn't kicking out, you know, wide enough. I thought when I looked at the film that just my untrained eye there, that said, I mean, he's been repping this for a long time. You know, he was a top tackle coming out of college and it just seems like since he's gotten to the NFL, his technique has been all over the place. How much of that do you think is on him versus the fact that he's had now three different position coaches versus just what they're asking him to do? They do. Rob Sales in there this year. You know, I mean, they, um, you know, I mean, they have two new offense line coaches. Techniques are techniques. Um, he's got a swinging gate issue with his left foot. You know, he just opens up the gate when he's got to keep that foot in the ground. He's got to keep pushing, you know, whether it's Josh Uche or, you know, whoever it is, you know, coming off the edge. <clears throat> you got to keep widening. He gets overextended. Uh, both tackles do. Both that parent and him, they get overextended waiting for contact. <clears throat> you can't get you can't get extended. I mean, whether the guy's pinning your arm on a cross chop, whatever it is, like you cannot get overextended. You get overextended in this league, these guys are too good. They're going to beat you. They're going to get your back pad. They're going to get your edge on you. Um, there's an arc that all tackles are kind of taught to run. And that arc is anywhere from nine to 10 yards. If you keep your outside pass rushers, on that arc of nine to 10 yards deep, the quarterback's job, be able to step up. Now, sometimes, you know, inside pressure doesn't allow that. That's not always on the tackle when sacks happen. But your arc is nine to 10 yards. Quarterback's usually around nine, nine and a half yards. His job is not to get deeper and, and drift. That's on the quarterback. But the tackle's job is to be able to run that arc. If they're turning the corner, Bryce Huff, or Josh Uche has turned a corner at eight yards, it's not good enough for the tackle. It's not good enough. Like, your quarterback is going to get hit. What about his hand usage? Now, I watch him on tape, and again, sometimes it looks like he's late getting his hand punch into a guy's chest. I mean, do you see that as well? His hands are outside, you know, so the guys are getting to his chest. Not always, but, you know, he comes out wide. Now, there's a lot of guys that do a kind of a crab trap type thing. Um I don't like it. I don't like giving the guy at my chest. 
Uh, I wouldn't want it. I'd, I'd try to change it. There's too many guys that have great power. Miles Garrett, you give a guy like that your chest, he's going to just punch it and he's going to drive it and you're going to get crushed. You're just not going to be able to get, you know, stay in front of freight trains like that. You know, they'll see Von Miller this week. He's a great long arm stab guy. He's got great power. Um, I don't know if Bradley Chubb's playing or not, but um, you can't give guys your chest. You can't do it in this business. Um, not consistently. you got to get your hands inside or get at least one to be able to stop that, that long arm, that stab from coming at you. All right, Giant fans, we have more coming up with special guest Brian Baldinger. But first, get all the latest news, odds, info, and sign-up bonuses for all your sporting needs by heading over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device. When you open an account and use our special promo code Locked On, you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Terms and conditions do apply. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back. We're going to continue our interview with Brian Baldinger of the NFL Network, uh, Baldy's Breakdowns on Twitter in just a moment. But first, just a quick heads up. Tomorrow's show, we're going to have the crossover show with the Washington football team guys, David Harrison and Chris Russell. So they're going to be joining me on that particular podcast as we get you ready for Thursday Night Football Giants at Washington Football. So make sure you check out that podcast. But for now, let's just get back into our interview with Brian Baldinger. Now let's talk about a couple guys who I thought had good summers on that offensive line. Nick Gates and Will Hernandez, I thought had a solid summer. Do you agree? What have you seen from those two guys? Well, I think Nick Gates is, you know, I mean, they do they name my captain? I think they named my captain. Yes. It's good. You know, you know, he brings something to the party, you know, like he's got, you can see he's like a finisher and, you know, got some nasty to him. You know, I, I like that. You know, he's 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 taking a little fight to the other team. You can see it. It shows up. Will was solid. Will just <clears throat> so much of good guard play or center play, really any offense line play is how well you play with the guys next to you. I think Will sometimes is in too much of a hurry to get to the second level before they take care of the down man, you know, in their combination block type uh, runs inside zones, that kind of thing. But I thought, I thought Will played well. I thought he played with power. Um, and so I would agree with you on that, Patricia. Overall with this offensive line, I mean, do you think the concerns people have is maybe a little over the top? Do you think it's about right? I mean, I, and I know that it's still a work in progress. They've had some injuries. They, they're shuffling guys in and out. It looks like they're going to have the rotation there at right tackle with Solder and, and Matt Hare. But overall, would you say that this offensive line is trending in the right direction? Or you, would you say it's fair to still have some concerns about this unit? I'd feel better if I knew who the left guard was. I mean, do you? I mean, I don't know. I've seen, you know, so many different guys in their left guard. Obviously, you know, there's been an injury they've dealt with, but I don't know who the left guard is. Um, that usually helps if you know who your five are and you get a chance to play with one another. They haven't had that. Um, I, I just, like, my take on it is I, I think everything is correctable. That's the positive. The negative for me is, Two things. One, 
I don't think they played great as a group. I thought they did for a stretch last year in the middle of the season. I thought they did put a four-game win streak together. I saw that. Tight ends included, fullback included at times. I thought they played good as a group during a stretch last year. I uh, got off to a bad start, as we all know. But I thought they, I thought they were going in the right direction. Um, really starting with the Rams game. I thought they played well against the Rams, and then it kind of carried on. What I want to see more of is just they're, to me, as a group, they play not to get beat. And that's a mentality that I don't want to get beat, so I'm going to really measure my steps rather than taking a fight to the other team. And that can be a product of going up against a really good front every day in practice. You know, Dexter Lawrence and Big Cat and those guys, they, they can make you look bad if, you, if you're not really stepping hard like they can make those guys are good football players and so maybe some of it is just in practice you know like they're losing some battles up there and they're like I can't I gotta make sure I don't get beat and that's kind of how I think they play right now and you got to come off the ball you, you've got to come off the ball and I know Joe wants to and I know I know Rob Sale is teaching that I just don't see it probably something that would take time I would think it can you can't also, but you know, also a lot of this is confidence. You're talking about young guys that are hearing about this stuff. You're in New York, you're hearing about this stuff every day. You get us give up a sack, like the world's, you know, the sky's falling. They hear it. And so, you know, some guys they can block out the noise, and some guys it bothers them, you know. And I don't know how these guys are wired. Everybody's different, but I, you know, <laughs> some of these guys need a psychiatrist on the sideline. I'm not saying about Matt or Andrew or any of these young guys, but it, you know, it's, it's a mind game, you know, like mentally you got to get strong about it. You know, guys are going to get beat. It's going to happen. Uh, you got to be able to play the next play. And so um, that's the, you know, that's what I saw from some of the other tackles a year ago, Tristan worse. I mean, phenomenal athlete power, the whole thing, but a bad play never bothered that guy. And that's, he was on to the next play. Yeah. yeah, that's important to have a short memory. The cornerback mentality, I think, is what they call it. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you about Daniel Jones, because Daniel Jones, we only saw him in the preseason game, the last preseason game. Not a horrible showing, but I thought there were some missed opportunities there. Um, I'm still not sure who to assign the blame for on that interception to Evan Ingram. I think it was a combination of both of their faults. But just in what we've seen from Daniel Jones so far, year two of this system, do you think he looks more comfortable? And do you think, you know, that will translate into maybe more play action pass? Because we know that for play action to work, a quarterback's got to be really sharp with his post-snap reads. Interception is just, you know, it's just a horrible play. You hope that in the third year, the guy isn't thrown it late across his body in the middle of the field on a goal line. It's third and one. There's points there. Uh, at least a field goal. I've seen them go for it on fourth down and one. I'm sure Joe, if they were an incompletion, would have tried to punch it in, you know, on fourth down in that situation. I thought he was late on an out. You know, Justin Bethel jumped it. You know, it could have been a pick six easily if he catches it. I mean, those are two throws that I don't care who you are. Like, those are bad throws. You know, you can't be late to the outside. And you can't be late throwing the ball over the middle of the goal line. You just can't do it. And so you hope that those decisions – um, you wouldn't make those decisions. There's a lot of things he does well. You know, there just is. Um, 
the touchdown throw is a great throw to Caden. Uh, you know, that kind of makes up for it. That was a good two-minute drive. That was well done. Um, you know, that kind of gets them out of, you know, it puts them on the board. And they drive the field. They get a score. That's a good feeling. You just It's decision-making, you know, and things are going to happen in the game, you know, that you can't foresee. You can't dictate every situation and prepare for every situation. You just got to play sometimes. And so you get that rollout on a goal line like that and, you know, whether ever Ingram was supposed to pull up and stop in that situation or whether he's drifting, I don't know uh, how it's coached. I just know that it's always going to fall on the quarterback. It's just, I mean, Eli took that, you know, for 15, 16 years, whatever, like he just ate it. It was his. And I'm sure Daniel does the same thing. He's wired a lot like that. But, you know, it's decision-making. And, you know, his problem in his brief young career right now has been turnovers, and he's got to stop it, not just for a game, but for a stretch of games. We just got to go without putting the ball on the ground or throwing it to the other team. And that's 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 not me hating or being – that's just a fact. That's just how the quarterback has to play. It's why they made a switch in Los Angeles. Like, you can only tolerate that so long. And so he has to put together a stretch of games, Patricia, where the ball isn't on the ground and he's not giving it to the other team. And regardless of what the offensive line does or how he gets protected, his job is taking care of the football, yet still being aggressive and making the throw to Caden like he did, you know, and being aggressive and pulling the trigger. Now, it's not his fault that, you know, the Cardarius and, you know, the guys aren't out there. You know, that's tough. That's tough on a guy. And so he's a lot of this is going to be on the job training, trying to find timing with a lot of those guys who just haven't been out there. But how much of it, when you watch Daniel Jones's game, how much of it is he's struggling more? Is is he struggling more, I guess, with pre-snap or post-snap decisions or maybe a combination of the two? I don't know that there's, you know, I don't know that he doesn't know what he's looking at. Uh, it's just decision-making once, you know, he's making a decision, you know, whether it's pre or post. I, I don't, I, I have a feeling like he, he kind of knows what defense is doing. They, you know, the Patriots do a lot of things. They do a lot of twist stunts and things, but, you know, you're going to see a lot from, you know, Denver lines up in the same defense every play. From that snap, he's going to get tested because, you know, Justin Simmons is the left safety every play, cover two look. And then from that shell, then they move. And so he's going to look at the same pre-snap thing against Denver, you know, on Sunday. And, you know, and then once the ball snapped from Nick Gates, then Denver goes. And so a lot is going to happen after the snap on Sunday. All right, Giant fans, there's still more to come here on the Locked on Giants podcast. But first, tell me, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite TV shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part there's no annual contract. So get rid of all that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. 
You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies according to package. All right, Giant fans, more coming up still on today's Locked on Giants podcast. But first, Built Bar is a healthy, low-carb, low-sugar, and high-protein treat that will satisfy your sweet tooth. Choose from nine amazing flavors, plus the occasional limited-time offering available in nut and nut-free varieties. Visit BuiltBar.com and get 15% off your first order with our special promo code LOCK15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D, 1-5 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Now, the Giants, of course, they added Galladay. They added Kyle Rudolph, two very experienced guys. Saquon looks like he's going to be back. How can they help this whole thing kind of settle it down a little bit and and calm it down for Jones? Well, what what you hope is um, that that those players, because of their experience and size, that they can win quickly. You know, if you win quickly, um, it gives the quarterback a lot more confidence to get rid of the ball quicker. You know, and so, and if you really are in sync with Kenny Galladay, whether, you know, whatever practice time they've had, I don't know how much they've had. Um, But, you know, that's where Brady and Gronk are so good together. You know, Brady and, you know, Evans, if you just want to compare them to somebody, or even Dak last night, you know, with CeeDee Lamb. Like, there's a real feeling and timing with those players in real time. And I don't know how quickly that can happen. Certainly, Saquon in the screen game could be a quarterback friend. I mean, he was so good in the screen game his rookie year. Um, you hope that you get some of those type of plays to Saquon where, you know, him just reading the defense and cutting across the grain and picking up blocks. I mean, they had so many big plays with him in that game. And, it's you know, it's an easy completion for the quarterback. Um, your receivers have got to be able to win against man coverage. Zone coverage, find the open spot quickly. Uh, all those things can be a friend to the quarterback. Yeah, indeed. Now, before I ask you about your new coaching program, I do need to ask you a quick question about the Giants' defense, which you know everybody has said, and and, and we've seen it. They they've been slightly ahead of the offense. That said, one area that kind of I guess bothered me a little bit was the run defense, particularly setting the edge. I don't know if you agree with that or not, but what do you see as being the the biggest issue there? Is it is it just, you know, they didn't play their big guys up front the whole summer? Is it just they don't have the talent on the edge? I mean, what's the issue there, you think? Well, they played, you know, a young guy in Aziz Audulary out there. You know, I mean, he's young and he's seeing things. I'm not picking on him, but young guys, you know, he's coming off the edge. He's got a, you know, it, it's it, you know, you got to play every down. You got to earn your right to, you know, rush the passer. So I would say that, you know, the, I, I feel pretty confident about what Patrick Graham is doing. They play a lot of different fronts. They do a lot. Um, they like to keep their big guys on the field as much as any team in this league. I mean, Big Cat and Dexter are going to be out there a lot. They, you know, obviously, you know, Austin Johnson will be in there this year instead of, um, you know, Dalvin is gone, obviously, but, you know, they, they like to keep their big guys on the field and they like to, you know, tie up blockers and and uh, free up, you know, your linebackers and safeties to go make a lot of plays. And so they're really good at mixing up their fronts and mixing and matching personnel groupings and down distance and situations. I thought they were about as good as everybody, anybody in the league last year. And I expect that 
to take place. I mean, if, you know, if Big Cat's not in there or Dexter's not in there, I mean, and they can't be out there every play, but I mean, those guys are difference makers at the point of attack. And certainly the help on the back end of the defense, which they improved, you know, being able to hold the coverage, I think is going to help the front end. That said, the Giants last year generated a pass rush without the benefit of, say, a Vaughn Miller or a number one pass rusher. They did it through scheme. Is it too much? Is it overthinking the situation to say that, okay, the rest of the league now has had an entire offseason to study what the Giants have done and they can adjust. And now the onus is on Patrick Graham to come up with different ways since they technically still don't have that Vaughn Miller type of pass rusher yet. I think guys like Patrick Graham, I think they're always looking to tinker and to change. They, you know, they, they sell scout themselves, you know, uh, as much as the other teams do. So they know what their tendencies are. Um, they know what works against certain looks. And I, I expect Patrick Graham to try to stay ahead of the curve and whatever they showed last year, I expect tweaks to it and different ways that uh, they're going to get, you know, it, it, really, even if you have Von Miller, you know, if, you, if you're lucky enough to have somebody of that caliber, I mean, you still have to find ways to get free hitters, you know, to the quarterback. I mean, these, you know, the protection schemes are, are really, really sound, and the play-action passing games to push the ball down the field are really good in this league. And so it's hard to win one-on-ones. you got to find a way to get a, a guy there quickly. And that's why, you know, your safeties, your corners, your corner cats, those kind of things are a big part of any defense because all you hope sometimes is just a flash of color coming at the quarterback just to speed his process up and get the ball out of his hands quicker. That that can be as effective as, as any kind of a sack. Brian, before we, we get to the coaching program, final question on the Giants. What's the one thing about this team that, you know, if you could change or you would like to see change for them to be successful uh, yesterday, what would that be? What's the mo- the highest priority for them? Well, I mean, their three biggest weapons haven't been on the field, you know, and I, I'm not, well, look, Dallas didn't play any of their guys, you know, and so, but then they, and they executed really, really well. And so, you know, but Galladay hasn't practiced. Cardarius has barely practiced. I know he's been out there a little bit. Uh, Saquon is, you know, getting, trying to get the rust off. He wants to get hit. I mean, those are the three biggest players on this offense. We haven't seen them. And so you'd like to get some work, but situations, you know, dictate otherwise. And so to me, I almost feel like September is almost going to be like the Giants almost. Like they're going to, like, I don't care what their record is in September. They can still be a really good football team this year. And I expect them to be a good football team. Uh, But it may take a couple games for them to get there. You know, you may need to go through, and I'm not saying they can't beat Denver. They can beat Denver. Um, but I, I think that the timing that you're looking for um, might not be there right away. And that's that's just the reality of it right now. And, you, and if you said, well, what's the one thing I would change? I'd like, wow, I wish Galladay and Cardarius and Saquon were out there, you know, all of August. And I'd feel a lot better about them getting ready for September 12th. 
Yeah. I mean, it's not like the old days when training camp used to start in the beginning of July and it used to run for what, like eight weeks, 10 weeks, something like that. And you had six preseason games and you knew that by the time the season started, you your team was ready to go. You just don't have that luxury anymore. So no. times have definitely changed. All right, Brian, let's talk about your coaching program. Uh, that I, I believe it's brand new, if I'm not mistaken. Tell everybody well, about that. Yeah. So it's Coach Two. And uh, what we did last year, because of the situation we are all faced in, Patricia, with the pandemic. And, you know, everybody was on some level of a Zoom call multiple times a day. We thought we could teach the game of football um, using, you know, film and great players, um, you know, throughout history of the NFL to teach position by position. And we literally did that. You know, we took Jonathan Ogden at left tackle, you know, Walter Jones and some, you know, some of the, the great left tackles and we taught tackle play. And we taught, you know, we got Charles Woodson and, you know, we talked safety play and nickel and corner play, you know, on and on and on. Ed Reed, we taught how to play free safety and what the best that's ever probably ever done it, what it looked like. And so we took great players and uh, throughout history and in, in, in today's game. And we used three players at each position. We, we basically broke it down into 10 different positions and uh, we, we taught the game and we had, you know, Michael Haynes and, you know, a Hall of Fame cornerback came in and joined us. And we had offense line coaches from around the league came and joined us. And we just uh, opened it up to the public, to coaches, to scouts. Uh, and we basically taught the game fundamentally and mechanics position by position. And then we, we broke all that up. If you just want to watch the safeties, you could go and just watch the safeties and what we what we were able to glean from them by studying them and putting it on tape. And so that's what the coach tube is. You want to go watch, you know, some quarterbacks play the game, Patrick Mahomes and how he sees the field. We've got Patrick Mahomes, you know, doing it. So I thought it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I think people learned a lot. I learned a lot just kind of putting it together and it's out there, you know, evergreened forever and ever right now. Sounds impressive. I mean, to learn the game from some hall, and you mentioned some hall of famers, I think, oh, yeah. in, in that group. So, and, and there's certainly, you know, the game evolves. I mean, the, the techniques, I guess, stayed the same, but the, the strategies behind it, yeah. I mean, wow. No doubt. So, so, so that's available on Coach Tube, you said, right? Coach Tube, yep. Okay. We're going to put a link in our show notes so that people can find that. Thank you. And, and check that out. I mean, it sounds intriguing. I know as somebody who likes to learn the game, I, I, I never miss your Baldi's breakdowns on Twitter. I love them. All right. I think that you're doing God's work there with that stuff. Um, so, yeah, that's definitely something. Everybody check that stuff out. Uh, Coach Tube. So Brian, listen, it was a pleasure speaking with you as always. I really, I always learned so much, just like I said, not only from the Baldi's breakdowns, but from talking with you. And I appreciate the time. I know you were up late last night watching film from the Dallas Tampa Bay game. So mm-hmm. I appreciate you taking on the, the time to come on with me. And uh, I know you got I'll a busy play. weekend ahead with all these games coming back. Finally. Yay. Yeah. yeah, it should be fun. It should be a lot of fun. I mean, last night's game was awesome. And I expect to see. A lot of really competitive action this weekend, Patricia. Yeah, some good games this weekend. I was just looking the Kansas City Chiefs versus yeah, I'll the, be there uh, Kansas City. the Browns. Leaving to, go, leaving to go to Kansas City tomorrow, doing the national radio on that game on Sunday. So I'm looking forward to seeing both those teams, you know, with fans at Arrowhead. It should be uh, quite quite a show. Yeah, that's that's been missing. I'm looking forward to seeing the fans back myself. So uh, this, playing in an empty stadium last year was just so weird. Yeah. It really was. But anyway. 
Thank you again, Brian Giant fans. Thank you for tuning in. And we will be right back after this. All right, Giant fans, that's going to do it for this edition of the Lock on Giants podcast. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Brian Baldinger, and you will check out his CoachTube channel to see what he's offering. It sounds like a really exciting thing. And don't forget, check us out tomorrow. We're going to have the crossover show with the Locked On Washington football hosts, Chris and David. And also check out our show notes for information on how you can join the Locked On Giants football pool. Now you join that pool, you have a chance of winning an NFL jersey of your choice. The details are in the show notes, along with the link where you can sign up. There's no charge to sign up. And of course, it's open to people 18 and older, void where prohibited. So I hope you'll check that out. So until tomorrow, folks, have a great one. And thanks so much for tuning in to today's Locked on Giants podcast.